You're listening to Comedy Central. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah, and today is day 31 of staying inside to try and prevent the spread of coronavirus. Yeah, that's right. For one month, I've been making the show from my apartment. And I'll be honest, the only reason I haven't gone crazy is because I know that we're all in this together. And so to try and say thank you for keeping me going, I, uh, I decided to put together this little celebration of all the good times that we've shared. Imagine all the people. Imagine you shut the f- up. When I think about what a month we've had, it's been hard for everyone. And I know we'll get better as time heals all wounds. We got to do some of the things we wanted to do. We've learned about ourselves and we've had fun too. When I think about the month we've had, can't believe I did all those crazy things. Anyway, we're still gonna be spending a lot of time inside our homes, so here's your quarantine tip of the day. If you're homeschooling your kids and you feel stupid because you don't understand their math homework, here's a little trick. Make your kids teach your job to you, and then you'll realize that your kids are way dumber than you are. (laughs) All right, on tonight's episode, America thinks Dr. Fauci is sexy. We talk to Lewis Black about life in quarantine and a look at the coronavirus conspiracy theories driving people crazy. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. All right, let's kick things off the way we always do with our daily dose of some sunshine. Although coronavirus is quickly becoming one of the worst periods in human history, every day we learn how for animals, this time is pure bliss. The pandas are smashing again in China. The animals are partying in Yosemite National Park. And now in Philadelphia, groundhogs, well, They're just doing this. On some lighter news, it seemed like Groundhog Day, part two in Pennsylvania. Check out this pizza-loving woodchuck (laughs) in Philadelphia. Unlike his usually shy counterpart, Tawny Phil, this one munching away at a cheese slice (laughs) while staring down a dog on the other side of the window, rodent now dubbed Pizza Groundhog to rival Pizza Rat here in New York City. Wow. That groundhog is a legend. Did you see his face? You see him? He's just eating that pizza right in their faces. He's like if Bugs Bunny was even more of an asshole. And this makes you realize, this makes you realize how different indoor animals and outdoor animals are. Indoor animals are soft, because this groundhog is out there in the streets like, oh, this? 
yeah, yeah, I, I just eat pizza whenever I want. I guess, I guess you guys, you guys probably have to ask for pizza, like a little bitch. <laughs> well, at least you can still scratch your balls. Oh, I forgot, your owner chopped them off. <laughs> and you know he's not gonna stop with those dogs, right? You can see in that little groundhog's eyes, he's getting cocky. I bet next week, he's gonna come back and start taunting us humans. Just gonna set up a little brunch outside the window with all of his friends. Bottomless mimosas, can't do that at home. <laughs> in other news, there is now a petition with over 15,000 signatures to make Dr. Fauci People Magazine's sexiest man alive. And this is why I love America. The man who is a scientist, an academic, and a public servant is out there fighting to keep people healthy and everyone else is just like, drop your pants, show us that PhD. And I'll be honest, I hope this happens, not just for Dr. Fauci, but for the whole country. Because if there's one thing we know, it's that Donald Trump only respects hot people. Yeah, it's why Ivanka is a presidential advisor, but Eric has to use the doggy door. Oh, and by the way, People Magazine, you need to change your name to Person Magazine, okay? It's called social distancing. Speaking of leaders trying to make a difference, Emmanuel Macron, president of France and guy in a Gillette commercial who just finished shaving, is leading efforts to call a global truce on all wars during the coronavirus epidemic. Yeah, all wars stop for coronavirus. And believe it or not, he's already gotten buy-in from the UK's Boris Johnson, China's President Xi, and President Donald Trump, which is really impressive. And I'm not shocked Macron is the one trying to unite the world because this is the most French thing ever. Mon ami, we don't need to fight. Let's put down our guns. Maybe make some sweet, sweet love. <laughs> Just kidding, unless... All right, that's your ray of sunshine. Let's get right into the big story. With coronavirus completely changing our way of life, there have been many questions that it has forced all of us to ask ourselves. Like, if grocery store workers and delivery people are essential workers, then shouldn't they earn a living wage? Should healthcare be tied to employment? Is it okay to have a romantic relationship with your houseplants? But once we get out of this, once this is all done and we can finally leave the house and do normal things like tongue kiss our Uber drivers, there's gonna be one question, one question that people want an answer to more than anything. Where in the hell did this disease come from? Because before the virus shut down the world, people were happy. People were happy to accept the official explanation from China, which was that the virus originated at a live animal market where it somehow jumped from a bat to a human. And we were like, okay, I think that's the plot of Dark Knight, but we'll accept it. But now, now that all of us have been stuck in the house with nothing to do except throw our cat's birthday parties over Zoom, everyone, Everyone at home has had time to come up with some theories about how exactly they think this whole thing went down. Now, I've also been spending a lot of time online and the most common conspiracy theory I've seen is that the virus jumped from a bat to a human the same way Oreos jumped from packaging into my roommate's mouth. I know where they're going, Billy. I see you. And this is a theory many people were willing to accept because of racism. People are saying that in China, they eat all kinds of crazy things. Hell, I heard they eat cookies with a piece of paper inside. I was also ready to believe this pandemic could have started as a food thing. Because look, man, I've been, I've been in situations where food starts a thing. Like I was on a flight once where one person ate a tuna sandwich, but then we all paid the price. 
So the story made sense, until it came out that those viral videos of people eating bat soup weren't even filmed in China. Yeah, and then we found out that viruses can't survive cooking anyway. So that was out the window. Then I heard about a different conspiracy theory that totally makes sense. You see, it turns out Corona was never just a virus. No, it was actually a weapon created to take old people out. If you go online, there's no shortage of conspiracy theories. All right, so here's one. The virus was bioengineered in a lab by scientists to be used as a weapon or a form of population control. This is a theory former politician Bronwyn Bishop has also suggested. It is to get rid of non-productive um, Chinese in the Chinese community. In the words of George Bernard Shaw, should be eliminated. Um, so they don't have to be fed. Whoa. Roseanne Barr is calling the novel coronavirus pandemic a ploy to kill baby boomers. You know what it is, Norm? I think they're just trying to get rid of all, all of my generation. All right, now this theory. This theory made complete sense. Who dies the most from the virus? Old people. Who dies the most anyway? Old people. Bam, it's the perfect crime. And think about it. As soon as people started saying, okay, boomer, all of a sudden we got coronavirus and old people are dying. That can't be a coincidence. And you might be asking, oh, why would anyone, why would anyone want to take out all the old people? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because someone was tired of giving up their seat on the bus. Maybe restaurant owners are just tired of having to open for dinner at 3 p.m. Maybe young people were just tired of getting their ass whipped at bingo. The point is the motive is there. Now I will admit, as much as I wanted to believe that theory, I, uh, I had to let it go, okay? was a team of scientists, scientists with degrees and qualifications. They sequenced the genome of the coronavirus. They broke it down and they found that unlike every butt in Miami, this virus definitely wasn't man-made. So, okay, fine. Maybe this wasn't a biological weapon designed to destroy the slot machine economy. But that wasn't my favorite theory anyway. Because there's one theory, one theory that actually makes the most sense and it was this. There's a conspiracy theory sweeping the globe that coronavirus is caused by 5G technology. The theory is that 5G damages the human immune system. All of us should know what's taking place right under our noses. What 5G actually does, it absorbs oxygen, and that's really important to know. 5G gets switched on, people drop like flies, and all of a sudden, you've got the excuse because, well, there's a virus going on. Some people in the UK bought into it so much, they started lighting cell phone towers on fire. 5G burning, 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 burning. Yes! Burn those cell phone towers down! We gotta put an end to coronavirus and all group chats. I don't know who any of you people are, but I did not ask to be a part of this group. Now, I know some of you are sitting at home right now smug, like, oh, how does 5G cause a virus? How does 5 I'll tell you how. Ask yourself this question. What is 5G? It's a super fast network that runs through the air. You know what else goes through the air? Coronavirus. What else goes through the air? Superman. And what burger did I eat while watching the last Superman movie? Five guys, five guys, 5G. I rest my case. Now, I'm not gonna lie. There are a few coverage gaps in this 5G theory. Just a few, just a few things that make me doubt. For starters, every part of this theory is completely ridiculous and biologically impossible. Not to mention, coronavirus has also exploded in places where they don't even have 5G. So I haven't figured that out yet. 
And 5G, just like 4G and 3G before it, is broadcast at such a low frequency, it's too weak to do any damage to you. Yeah, so saying 5G makes you sick is sort of like saying an iPhone flashlight gave you a sunburn. In fact, 5G broadcasts in the same range as a normal radio. Yeah. And let's be honest, the most dangerous thing we've gotten from a radio wasn't a virus. It was mumbo number five. And that only killed, what, 6,000 people tops? So, where did the coronavirus come from? I don't know, are you happy I said it? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. I don't care if any of these conspiracy theories have been debunked, I'm not taking any chances. From now on, I will no longer be ordering the Popeye's spicy bat sandwich, even though it's delicious. I also decided I'm not gonna get old. It's just too risky. And most importantly, I've stopped using cell phones. Yeah, no 5G for me. From now on, I only use a pager. And yeah, I know that makes it harder to send nudes, but I'm gonna do my best. And I know the alternative to all of this is that I could just wait for doctors and scientists to figure out where this virus came from. But I mean, come on, man, I'm not crazy. All right, after the break, I'm gonna catch up with my good friend, Louis Black. So don't go away. We'll be right back. I mean, Black, I mean, back. Man, they got me already, it's that 5G. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I caught up with my good friend, Louis Black, to find out how he's been doing under the quarantine. Check it out. Hey, Louis Black, how are you, man? I just wanted to call and see how you're doing. Oh, gee, thanks. Good to know I'm a fifth-week friend! Wait, what? What are you talking about? Oh, I mean, I didn't expect you to check in on the first week. I mean, that's for family and close friends. But the fifth week? Even my proctologist called me in week three, and I haven't had a functioning prostate in years. Oh, but I guess you wouldn't know anything about my prostate, would you, Trevor? You never ask, because I'm just a fifth-week friend. Well, you know what, Lewis? I could say the same thing about you. You haven't called me the entire month. Well, that's because I was too busy reading your book. Oh, wow. I'm... I'm flattered. Well, don't be. I was just trying to see if there was something in your past that would have made me a fifth-week friend. Well, well Lewis, I, I feel like you need to get over it. I mean, I'm, I'm calling you now, right? I just wanted to see how, you, how you're doing during quarantine. What's going on? Oh, just great, Trevor. I mean, besides waiting for your call, I spend my days trying to remember what I didn't do that day. And as night draws nigh, I remember that I can't cook! Okay, but if, you, if you're not cooking, buddy, then, then what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm being productive. Just yesterday, I sat on my ass in the living room. Then, I sat on my ass in the kitchen. And after that, <laughs> I sat on my ass in the bedroom. I'm doing a whole year's worth of ass sitting in one day. This whole pandemic is like a reverse prison. All the people doing the wrong thing are outside enjoying their freedom. Meanwhile, I'm stuck in solitary, drinking wine I made in my toilet. If you, if you want, Lewis, uh, this is really popular online. I could send you like a, a sourdough starter. Fuck your sourdough starter. I'm drinking my toilet wine. Okay, well, well, you know what, Lewis? Usually I'd be worried, but I feel like this is something you really just need to go through on your own. That's the beauty of this situation. We're learning that no matter what age you are, none of us know how to handle a pandemic. Young people don't know how to handle being alone. 
middle-aged people don't know how to homeschool their kids, and kids don't know how to shut the fuck up. Anyway, I gotta go. I mean, and for a fifth-week friend, I can't. You're you're chewing my ear off, and I got another show to do. You got another show? What are you gonna be doing? Stand-up shows over the internet? Oh, even better. I show perverts my feet for $5 a minute. And it's about to be morning in Germany. And let me tell you, they wake up horny over there. <laughs> okay, well, um, that's good, good, good news from, from you, Lewis. Um, I just wanted to call you and let you know that I cherish our friendship and you're not a fifth-week friend. Oh, 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 oh yeah, sure. Uh, talk to you in June. Uh, good morning, Hairs and Fraus. Here come my tootsies! Well, thank you so much, Lewis. I'm, uh, I'm glad that you found a way to make a living. When we come back, my guest will be Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, who is among a group of team owners and business leaders tapped by the White House to offer advice on how to reopen this economy. So you definitely want to stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with the Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban about how to bring back the NBA and what it's like working on President Trump's advisory council for reopening the country. Mark Cuban, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. (laughs) Thanks for having me on, Trevor. Um, This has been quite an interesting time in our lives, in history, in fact, because there's never been a period in time when the whole world is experiencing the exact same thing at the same time. For you personally, you're in an interesting position where you're not just a human being who's experiencing this, but you're also working on the task force assigned by the president to figure out when the country reopens. Help me understand, what is this task force about and how are you as a team figuring out when to reopen the country? I think first step was just getting some people together that the president thought could contribute. You know, all we've had is a basic call so far and then we'll go from there. Um, In terms of specifics, He gave us some people to contact and I put together like a five page note saying all these things I think need to happen for small businesses in particular. And we'll Mm -hmm. see how they respond. You were were actually one of the first um, team owners in the NBA to step up and say that you were going to pay for all of the people who weren't getting their salaries right now. A lot of people forget how many people earn money from a game taking place. People selling hot dogs, people cleaning the stadium, people providing security, transport to the games. When looking at that, what are you hoping you can do in the wake of coronavirus? Because, I mean, at some point we assume sports will come back, but it may not kick off the way we think it will, right? Yeah, I mean, the goal hopefully is just, again, once the science is in place, be able to play wherever we can play because people need sports. You know, we want something to cheer for. We want something to get excited about. You know, I think we'll get out there and play without fans, play to the TV cameras. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of the bigger ecosystem, of course, we're going to have to keep on taking care of our employees. You know, in the past, a lot of people would talk about trickle down economics. I think one of the lessons we're going to learn from all this is that it's time for trickle up economics. We're only as strong as the, the base layer of all our employees, all those people who struggle and get paid hour by hour, you know, and don't know how many hours they're going to get. If we don't take care of them, there is no economy. And we're learning that very quickly right now. Well, let's talk a little bit about that then from the business side of things. You're going to be advising the president. And I mean, one of the biggest criticisms that you can't deny in this country has been that it seems like a lot of the tax cuts or even the relief that's been proposed in in, in this bill that's, that's now being doled out has been aimed at helping big businesses. And it's going to help people who have a lot of money and those on the ground will continue to suffer. What would you propose to the president or what do you think needs to be done from the government side 
to help small businesses and to help people who don't have large incomes? Well, I agree with you. I mean, look, when, when you look at all the interest rates that have been cut and all the federal stimulus, that's effectively UBI for rich people. You know, the government is coming in and buying a lot of expensive assets that everyday people don't have access to. They're not getting support from. And so the things that I've recommended initially is to try to push and reward companies that offer equity in their company to their employees. Because the only way that you can get away from living paycheck to paycheck is by having an asset that can appreciate. You know, whether it's a home, whether it's stock in your company, whatever it may be. Second thing is we're going to have to raise the minimum wage federally, you know, because right now we're coming to the realization again that we've got to have a strong foundation of people and a strong federal minimum wage is one of the first ways that we can do that. Let me ask you this. If you were giving advice to a small business right now, there's many small businesses who, who have had to furlough workers. There's many small businesses who have just had to fire workers. What would you suggest to people who don't want to fire anybody but also don't want to lose everything in trying to sustain their employees. Is there a balance? Is there something you think they can do? Yeah, there's things that you can try. First, you have to apply for all the loans from the small business. I mean, the pay Paycheck Protection Program, you know, they're, they're probably going to refund that. So you want to be in line when there's new money that comes in there. There's the emergency loans from the SBA. Those are the basics things that you have to understand as an entrepreneur. You know, when we get through this, you know, let's call it America 2.0, the reset, right? The people that work for you, who, the people whose feet are on the ground talking to your customers who are out in the communities as much as they can be, they're going to have better ideas than the bosses will have. You know, they're going to be able to come up with ways to sustain your business. And so I'm telling all my little companies, talk to your employees, let them talk to your customers, because that's where the best sustainable ideas are going to come from. Um, I feel like one side of you that not a lot of people think about often is the fact that you're a dad. And yeah. now you are a father who is at home with his family. What, what has been the best and worst parts of being stuck <laughs> inside with everyone that you don't always spend all this time with? So the best part is, you know, the forced family fun when it works, right? A good movie night where we pick a movie that we all watch, um, you know, having dinner and, and sitting down and talking. The worst is just get them out of bed. Right. Just get in to connect because they, they don't want to leave. But wait, it just so happens. And this is just by chance. You see this thing here? That's a that's a bubble soccer ball. Right. And so I'm trying to figure out how to get this thing blown up because it's enforced social distancing. Right. Because you have these big bubble soccer balls and they can just bang into each other, blow off a lot of steam. We may be the first professional sport on television if we do it right. That's hilarious. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, stay Thanks, safe Trevor. out there. And I hope you're right about America having a 2.0 after this. I hope so too. Thanks, Trevor. Take, th take care and stay safe. Will do. Good luck out there. Thank you. Thanks. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, if you are able to help people who are going hungry because of this pandemic, please consider a donation to Feeding America. They're supplying food to millions of people in America every single day and they could really use your help because even a dollar can help somebody get a meal. Stay safe out there, wash your hands, and remember, the only thing you need to get through this crisis is right here. That's where I keep my weed on the inside. I'll see you all next week. Now here it is, your moment of Zen. We're gonna have hundreds of thousands of ventilators and it's a great thing to have. Yes, in the back, please. Is anybody freezing? You know, it's very cold out here. So we can leave early, right?
The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 